Father in heaven, we are so grateful that we can come together today, that you're so interested in just having us pause for a moment in the midst of all the wonderful activity at ASI and just to tarry in your presence. Thank you that you're always available to hear our call. Father, you know what each person in this room needs. You know why you've brought us here. You know what needs to communicate, be communicated and how it needs to be communicated. So we trust you with the electronics, with our minds, with our thoughts, with our time. And we praise you that as a result of what happens in the next minutes or hour or longer, we can trust that you've worked. We praise you for that assurance in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's absolutely no question, absolutely no question that one of the world's great epidemics is one in which we find ourselves in its midst. That epidemic is high blood pressure, or as we call it in medical circles, hypertension. Statistically speaking, if we're to look at the United States today, what is the likelihood If we're like the average American, and hopefully we're not, but if we are like the average American, statistically speaking, what is the likelihood that in our lifetime we personally will have high blood pressure? Any of you want to give me a percentage? I hear 75. Anything else? 90? 60? You're all right. You're all correct. And your answers are dependent on how long you're expecting to live. No, really, if you look at the United States population, if you look at those over 65, about 65% have high blood pressure. Over 75, it's about 75%. Now, I'm not quite sure that if you get to 99, it's 99% of 99-year-olds. In fact, I'm quite sure it isn't. But you understand it's a staggering epidemic. And so here's the message. We are in the midst of an epidemic, and... As Seventh-day Adventists, we talk about ministering to people's needs. So if we're really interested in ministering to people's needs, I would suggest to you we have to be interested about what? Health and specifically? I'll just reorient you. What is this seminar on? (laughs) High blood pressure. That's right. We have to be interested in high blood pressure. Okay? Well... You know, the Lord has interesting ways of connecting the dots. We've been uh, praying a lot over the last month. Not that we weren't praying a lot before that, but we were praying with a specific thing in mind. We thought, no problem, we're going to have a new book out on high blood pressure before ASI. And a week ago, I did not think we'd have this uh, book in our hands. About four years ago, Gordon Botting who uh, is the health director of the Northern California Conference, was looking at churches throughout the conference. And as he looked at Adventist churches in Northern California, he saw that many of them were involved with health ministry. He saw that many of them were doing health screenings. They were holding health expos. And he noticed something very interesting. There was one consistent common denominator, if you will, in all of those health expos. What do you think it was? 
That's right. We'd say a pathways event, whatever, health expos, health screenings. Yes, they all were checking high blood pressure. And then he noticed something that was amazing to him. And that is, there were no Seventh-day Adventist churches that were holding any programs for high blood pressure. There, there, there was no specific programs being delivered that were focused on hypertension. And so he approached me and asked if I would be willing to work with him, and it ended up being a partnership of a number of ministries. Weimar was involved, Amazing Facts, Northern California Conference, and we put together back in 2012 a series called Reversing Hypertension Naturally. Have any of you actually seen that either on television or DVD? Any of you seen that? I see a few hands going up. Uh, those in the back row, you know, kind of tentatively raising their hands. Um, the good news is uh, that has been beautifully produced by Amazing Facts. It's available. We actually have them on sale at our booth. So uh, those are $20, normally $27. And if you go by booth 714, you can have the three one-hour presentations on reversing hypertension naturally. But there was something more needed. That, wasn't, um, that didn't surround the whole topic. And so we've been working and praying about a book. And this book is hot off the press. Uh, I first saw it two days ago. 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control. This is now, along with the Reversing Hypertension DVD and some ancillary resources that I'll be telling you about throughout the presentation, form the cornerstones for a church-based program for addressing high blood pressure. And what we're going to do, by God's grace, in the next hour or so together, is we're going to give you all the tools you need, all the information you need to run that seminar. Now, don't misunderstand anything I'm going to say this morning. We've got a lot of great programs out there in the Adventist church. I've run many of them as a local church health director. I've pastored in my uh, pastoral work. We've done health evangelism. We've used CHIP. We've used depression recovery. We've used programs put out by the Michigan Conference. We've got a lot of great materials. I was talking with someone here at this very ASI convention about one of those very programs, and they were saying, we just can't get this thing started. There are some hurdles with some of these programs. You may have to get training. You may have to invest quite a bit of money. What we do in my ministry, Compass Health Consulting, one of the things we do is we try to put out health resources that have very low barriers as far as implementation. So for this hypertension series we're talking about, here at ASI, you can get all the DVDs that you need, and you can get some great tech people, too. Praise the Lord for brothers and sisters like this that actually can get things showing on the screen, even if they're not my presentations. It just warms my heart. No, really, really, it does. Okay? And, uh, and so you can do the whole series, all the DVDs, $50. Okay? Here at ASI. Some of you have some of those resources. You already have the reversing hypertension. We'll tell you about some of the other DVDs that are part of the program. Boy, praise the Lord, brothers. Thank you for being part of the team. You know, if anybody thinks that health ministry is a solo performance, the Lord just beautifully dispelled any myths of that, okay? This is team ministry. And so uh, thank you guys for giving us some, uh, some slides. So since we've got these up, we've got a few of the books around. We've only got five copies. 
Um, we're taking orders. They're going to list for $19.95. You can get them here for $10. As many copies as you want, you can order them at our booth. Angela, do you want to make sure there's a couple of those books circulating in the room, just so you can get a feel for what... Uh, I really believe that you got one over here. Pass another one. Send another one over there. Okay. My brother's giving me some cues here. He's saying, be very careful where I touch up here. Okay. We're showing you some review slides about uh, things that you're supposed to imagine that you're actually seeing. And what we're showing you right now is things you didn't need to see because you already saw them. If you had any question about whether high blood pressure was dangerous or not, this is just reminding you. Let me give you a few more basics, and then we're going to launch into things that you can do for high blood pressure and what kind of tools that we have for you. Uh, some of you may have to leave early. If you do, make sure the person next to you uh, picks up one of the free booklets. Toward the end of the program, we've got some other things. We're going to talk with you about bridging between health programs and more overt biblical programs, and we'll tell you about how that's uh, actually integrated into the hypertension series that we're talking about this morning. But if you look at the complications of high blood pressure, they're pretty staggering. The one that comes to most people's minds is stroke, but high blood pressure is a leading risk factor for heart attack. It's a leading risk factor for kidney disease, for dialysis, and for blindness. So all of these things are on the list of complications. And the good news is, by addressing high blood pressure, we can turn back the clock. We can decrease the risk of these complications. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and take a look at just how much difference we can make by treating our blood pressure. This is showing you, regardless of whether you consider yourself at exactly the prime of life or before it or after it. By the way, if you're wondering what the prime of life is, it's around 60. Now, I don't know what it is, but my perspective on the prime of life changes over time. <laughs> and somehow it's gravitating around that figure right now. But if you're younger than that or older than that, the good news is that addressing high blood pressure dramatically lowers your risk of complications. So here's the point. All of us have known of people, some of you in this very room perhaps, have had strokes. You've had uh, a heart attack. You may have kidney issues. You can relate to these vision problems. And so the point is we're talking about a diagnosis that if identified and treated, you are actually doing positive ministry in your community. And it's not difficult ministry. It's not treating cancer, okay? It's not treating autoimmune diseases. I'm glad we have people that are doing that, okay? But it's addressing a risk factor, and it's a subtle risk factor. This is uh, quite sobering to look at where we're at as a country as far as treating high blood pressure. That's this far set of bars on the right-hand side. And I want you to notice, these are data from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, sometimes simply abbreviated NHANES, over the last some 40 years. You can see going back into the 70s, only 10% of those with high blood pressure in America had their blood pressure controlled. How are we doing in the most recent data, according to that graphic? Yeah, some of you say horrible. Others of you look, well, we're doing much better. We got 50%. We've gone from 10% to 50%. Some people are patting themselves on the backs. 
We've really made progress. Well, we have made progress. Now, I know some of you might be a little bit uh, distant from your academic years. Is that safe to say? How many of you, though, whether it's recent history or distant history, would have called home and rejoiced if you got a 50% on a test? Okay, thank you for not raising your hands, anyone. That would have been incriminating, right? No, we'd say that's a terrible score. Why are we doing so poorly in America when it comes to high blood pressure control? When we have all kinds of opportunities to treat blood pressure. Well, my suggestion is that perhaps the greatest problem with compliance or patients sticking with blood pressure treatments is going to be illustrated right here. We're going to do one of those pro-con lists. We're going to look at the pros of treating blood pressure with the typical approach to treatment in America, which is medications. We'll look at the common symptoms of those medications, and we'll compare them with the symptoms of untreated high blood pressure. Fair enough? And we're going to look at which of these two columns looks more appealing, okay? So let's take a look. Common symptoms of commonly prescribed blood pressure medications. Frequent urination. Now, I mean, I think we could put up with that, right? And in fact, in a lecture like this, it's probably a good side effect to have up front first, right? Because we're talking about hypertension. Presumably some people in the room may have high blood pressure. And if you have to slip out, On whatever grounds, I mean, someone may just think it's a complication of a medication, right? So we could probably deal with that. May not like it, but it's not the worst of complications. How about fatigue? Now, you don't like that one, but again, you say, well, at least it gets gets us off the hook, Dr. DeRose, if we're sleeping during the lecture. (laughs) Dizziness. This list is not necessarily getting any better. Uncontrollable cough exercise limitations, sexual dysfunction, and depression. Now, if we had entitled this program, How to Become Depressed, Have Exercise Limitations, and Fatigue, how many people do you think would have come? That would probably not have been one of the difficult seminar decisions you struggled with, right? I think I can skip that one. But in fairness, we can't just look at the complications of blood pressure medications, we have to contrast it with what? With what what the benefits are. And uh, what does untreated high blood pressure do? Let's look. We're going to look at the list now. Now remember, what we're wanting to do is compare the symptoms of untreated high blood pressure with the symptoms of treating it. So let's look at the list. Let's walk down the list together. You ready? None. None. I was forcibly reminded of this a few years ago. A woman came to me for the first time. I was uh, working at Weimar at the time, and she had heard about our reputation for treating people without medications. And she told me her story. She was diagnosed with high blood pressure some six or eight months before. Would any of you like to hazard a guess how many medications she had been on in six or eight months by the time she saw me? 20. 
She'd been on six different medications. One after another stopped. Why? Because of side effects. She couldn't take them. How did she feel with untreated high blood pressure? She felt perfectly fine. How did she feel on the medications? That's right. She felt bad. She was not going to take those. And so she came to see us for non-drug treatment. That's what we're talking about today. Here's a a sobering graphic. It's in the book. Actually, pretty much everything we're showing you is in the book and a lot more. If you haven't seen the book already, it's got some 400 pages, so there's quite a bit in there. But we actually have this graphic. This is looking at common classes of blood pressure medications. And it's showing you the percentage of people that stick with those drugs for a year or less. Most of these studies, a year or less. You're put on a beta blocker, abbreviated right here, BB, for high blood pressure. What are the chances that you will be on that drug for your high blood pressure a year later? Only about one in three. That means two-thirds of people put on beta blockers for high blood pressure say what? I cannot take this. It's just too much. This is, I'm feeling fatigued. It's affecting my mental health. It's affecting my sexual life. You can go up the list, if you will. And even the best tolerated drugs, less than two-thirds of people still on those medications a year later. Now, if you're not already connecting the dots, what we're displaying here is the American public actually making a powerful statement. These kind of data that I'm showing you are really telling us that there's millions of people with high blood pressure that are pleading for non-drug treatments to address their blood pressure. Do you think I'm taking liberty with the data? I'm not saying everyone, but I'm saying 50% uncontrolled, plenty of medications to control the blood pressure, plenty of prescriptions written. Why do people stop taking them? It's not acceptable to them, okay? So what you've got, I don't care where you come from, I don't care what town or what city, there's a population of people around your church, around your home, around your workplace, and they are literally saying, I am looking for what? I'm looking for non-drug treatments for high blood pressure. Now, they may not have been saying it in those words, but they're actually saying, I'm looking for 30 days to natural blood pressure control. Now, how many of you think I'm taking a little poetic license there? Yeah, I actually am, okay? Yeah, I am. Now, in fact, the subtitle of the book is called The No Pressure Solution. Now, this should get you thinking, because we really don't want your blood pressure to be zero over zero. You understand there's a medical diagnosis that accompanies that situation. Any of you health professionals know what it is? Yes, it's called death. So we don't want you to have no pressure as in zero over zero, okay? Why do we call it the no pressure solution? Because what I'm suggesting is that many of the treatments for high blood pressure actually cause more stress on the person 
than the condition itself. So we're looking for a no pressure, a no stress, if you will, solution. So we're going to use this mnemonic, no pressure, as a framework for natural blood pressure control. And some of you know this affinity that we have as Seventh-day Adventists for um, mnemonics and acronyms. So some of you are already connecting the dots and you say, well, no pressure That must stand for things like nutrition and optimal choice of beverages and physical exercise. How many of you are putting that together already? Okay, this is uh, what we go through in this book. Now, some of you may not find it surprising that after we give a lot of foundational material in the book, we actually launch into chapters, and I'll just read you some of those chapter titles. Nutrition, Eating Your Way to Lower Blood Pressure. Optimal choice of beverages, another key to natural blood pressure control. Who would like to guess what chapter's next? Yeah, you say it's physical activity, Dr. DeRose. We're catching on real quick. It's actually not. The next chapter in the book, we stick this one up here, social support. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because what one of the things that's missing in many health programs today, is social connectedness. We're going to share with you some, uh, some data on that. But let me tell you something right now. Some of us are ashamed to invite people to our churches because you say, well, it's just a little church, Dr. DeRose, and the uh, only health professional in our church is a nurse, a lowly nurse, or maybe a lowly physician, like Dr. DeRose, who went to an unknown medical school in the world, like Loma Linda, okay? And uh, next door is, uh, you know, uh, Stanford and, and Harvard. And if you're not right in the backyards of some of those prestigious institutions, anyone can just turn on their television and watch the world-renowned experts, and you say, what do we really have to offer, okay? But here's what you have to offer. You have community. Don't miss it. I don't care what program is offered on the health channel or the discovery network or whatever or the food network. I don't care what material is being given out there. It is especially powerful to engage people in community when it comes to health. So you have a resource in your churches that the world is dying for. Don't apologize. And don't hesitate to do programs because you're afraid no one will come. Now I will tell you a little bit about my background in health evangelism. Some of you say, well, Dr. DeRose, you obviously you know, have been doing this for many years because I seem to remember you talking about health when you had more hair and looked a bit younger. <laughs> It's true, I have been doing this for quite a while, but I first got involved in health ministry in a little church. It wasn't something that I was looking to do, but I didn't realize something fully then that I now greatly appreciate, and that is where health evangelism starts. It starts in your own home, with your own practices. And after going to a little church as an intern, first-year resident, Strange place. I was at Kettering, Ohio, doing an internal medicine residency, going to a small church. If you're wondering what church it was, it was the Middletown Church, small little church there. And uh, 
one of the ladies in the church came up to me after a short while. Now, after all, I mean, I just had a medical degree, you know, conferred a month or two ago, something like that. But now they're all calling me doctor. Say, Dr. DeRose, we need you to do a seminar, a nutrition seminar in our church. Now, how many of you think I'd given a number of nutrition seminars up to that point? No, I'd given zero. How many PowerPoint programs do you think were available in the dark ages of medical education? There were none. PowerPoint didn't exist, to my knowledge, okay? Um, How many of you think we had DVD programs that we could put in and have wonderful presenters speak to us? No, there were no DVDs. I know some of you are shocked that there actually was a time in Earth's history where none of those things existed, but it is true. And, uh, and so I'm invited to give this seminar, and, and uh, even though I'm a relatively young Adventist, I wasn't raised a Seventh-day Adventist, I uh, felt like the Lord had given me some wisdom to that point in my experience, and I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm thankful that you're asking me to do this. I did, was kind of curious why she was asking, did you pick up on why I was being asked to do it? It wasn't because I was a doctor. She explained to me, the reason I'm asking you is we've been watching you eat at the fellowship meals, and you need to give us a nutrition seminar. Well, you say, that's wonderful, but I said, you know, I appreciate the invitation, but I couldn't do that unless the whole church wanted it, you see? And beside, I don't want to speak on nutrition because I'm not a cook. I would need to have people prepared to do cooking demonstrations if I'm going to talk about how to eat better. So I was off the hook. Yeah, for a few minutes. Because then, just a short while later, here's the pastor with three ladies. Dr. DeRose, we need you to do this nutrition seminar. Here are the three cooks. So what could I say? Okay, I'm doing the... Doing a nutrition seminar. How many of you have ever committed to something and then asked the Lord, what in the world got into my mind? Okay? Or you ask yourself, why didn't I pray more before I said I would do that? Well, I, it just dawned on me. I, do you guys understand? Now, this, some of you don't understand how medical education has changed. Now they have these uh, restrictions on work hours for residents and all. There is no such thing as that. You know, that, you know why they called people house officers? They lived there. You know, the interns lived in the hospital. And I can remember, you know, being up late at night and having to choose whether I was going to sleep for an hour or exercise. And I won't tell you what I chose to do. Um, yeah, I actually chose to exercise. Since you were laughing, you, you kind of forced my hand. But I, for, for me, I found that, I, that if that that was more valuable than if I even slept. You say, Dr. DeRose, that's incredibly intemperate. Well, even the medical profession is caught on. But so back in those days, I'm an intern, and I'm sitting there. There's no health education materials. There's no script for a nutrition seminar. And it dawns on me, there's absolutely no way I can do this. It's impossible. So what do you do when you've made a commitment and you know that it's impossible to fulfill? I mean, that's one of the only conditions, I think, that you can get out in Proverbs 15. Is it Proverbs 15 or Psalms 15? I think you check me out. It might be Psalms 15. It talks about the person who's blessed by the Lord, the one who swears to his own hurt and doesn't change. 
Okay? But Psalms, yeah, thanks for helping me out. Psalms 15. But if you can't do something, you can't do it, right? So I got on the phone, called the pastor. Pastor, yes. You know that nutrition seminar we're talking about? Yes, you won't believe it. We got the posters up all around the community. The ads are in the newspaper. What do you do? I was stuck. And you just, I just started praying, really. And the Lord did something remarkable. It never happened to me in all of my medical education. I was doing a cardiology rotation, you know, heart disease rotation at the time. You know what happened to all the heart patients on our service? They all got well. And nobody got admitted to our service. I mean, it was unheard of. I mean, maybe there was one or two patients. But what do you do when you're taking care of patients is only one or two? You go to the library and you start preparing for the nutrition seminar, okay? So uh, I tell you that story for several reasons. One is because some of you right now are disqualifying yourselves from being involved in health ministry. And what I'm telling you is don't do it. Don't do it. Don't say you can't do it. I have to speak to you as a pastor, too, because I've been in ministerial meetings with my uh, fellow partners in ministry. And you know what I've heard from more than one pastor? The health message divided our church. The health message divided our church. Now, how would that happen? Do all of you realize that you don't have to be a Seventh-day Adventist long and you don't have to read much until you realize that every church is called to be involved in health ministry? Really, this is not a stretch. And so you have some new members in your church and they get a hold of a book like Ministry of Healing or Medical Ministry and you're not doing anything for health in your church, what's going to happen? Some of those young, enthusiastic members who may not really have all that much education in health, they're going to get very motivated to start teaching about that diet that they read about in Genesis 1. And where are they going to get their information if they've got no medical background? They're going to go to that bastion of medical knowledge called the Internet. Okay? And what are they going to learn? They're going to learn, if you are a, a vegan, you will never lose your hair. Okay? <laughs> and they're going to get up the next Sabbath. And they're going to say, you hypocrites, all of you who are bald, you're obviously not following God's program. And I'll tell you just an anecdote. To my knowledge, there's absolutely no connection between those two things. Okay, at least not in the direction I mentioned it. And uh, I have uh, not chosen to eat animal products for many years, and for some reason my hair continues to uh, disappear. Okay? But here's my point. If you're not doing things that are sound in your church, there are people in your church, whether they're new members or ones who just got rekindled and excited about the fact that God's called us to be involved in health ministry, that are going to want to do something in your community. So I'm encouraging you, those of you that are here at ASI, around a multitude of health professionals, many of whom year after year give you good quality, balanced material, do something in your churches, okay? Well, 
We're trying to give you some tools to do that with high blood pressure. Let me tell you where we're headed real quickly. We're going to tell you why, if you haven't already heard, why you would want to use this program, this program for natural blood pressure control in your own community. And then second, we're going to tell you how you can use that program in your community. Okay? First of all, let's talk about the why. Why would you want to do it? Well, we've already seen a number of reasons for it, but I'm telling you that as far as barriers to doing a hypertension program, we've tried to make them as low as possible. Okay? So normally it would cost you $100 to buy the materials. Here, we've got them for half price. Okay? So you come by our booth for $50, you get I don't know, a number of hours of videos that you would use in delivering the program. We'll give you more specifics as we go along together. Uh, our books, like I told you, in fact, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Some people already have looked at this book and they've said, Dr. DeRose, this book just confirms one thing about you. You're a lousy businessman. You should be charging much more money for this book. This took a lot of work. It took a lot of time. It's got over 400 pages, over 400 references. You can't sell a book like this for $10. People here would pay $20. They'd pay more. Well, my goal is not to see how much money we could make from the book, okay? okay? We're trying to get the book out, so take advantage of it while it's here. The, the, the big, I'll tell you, the thing that is actually sad to me, I do seminars all over the country, and we always have our materials at a discount when I'm doing a seminar. So we've got everything. Everything that we make is half price at the booth. And the reversing hypertension series, that's produced by Amazing Facts. We can't get it quite down that low as far as the pricing. But so everything's for sale. When I go home, and my wife, who runs the business, she's going to get emails and orders through our, our website for people who are at ASI, and they're wanting to pay full price for all the materials, because that's what they are on the website. So take advantage while you're here, pick up the things. And you don't have to carry the books back with you. I want to just tell you some, about some of your peers, okay? The, I mean, the ASI group, you know, a kind of cutting-edge, insightful group, forward-thinking. Someone walked up to the booth the other day, and they bought 100 copies of the book. Okay? So we would say, they're the good business people, right? Not me. Okay? Because I gave them the book for $10. But, no, really, we'll ship them to you, and um, there's $15 flat rate shipping no matter how many you buy. If you buy less, it's even cheaper, Okay? So anyway, that, don't use cost as an excuse. We can't run a health seminar because of the cost. Okay? You say, I can't afford the training. You know, it's a big training program. It's online. It costs several hundred dollars. We have to certify all our... Now listen, again, I'm not disparaging that. I have run great programs. I'll tell you, as a pastor, our most successful health program was Dr. Nedley's Depression Recovery Program. Okay? And I'm so thankful, you know, and we've run CHIP programs, another great program. But those, those programs have bigger obstacles to do them. So if a church says, well, you know, we haven't had the training yet. We don't have the budget. Our church isn't really behind health ministries, and it costs a lot to put these programs on. I'm not saying don't do them. If you're doing them, great that you're doing those. But I'm telling you, what I'm giving you here this time together, that's all the training you need to do a hypertension program in your church. Now, some of you are raising your eyebrows. You say, well, I mean, you know, how can you give us all the training we need just in, you know, an hour? It's an educational program, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it. So you've got all the training you need right here. And then another reason to do it. There, I, I'll tell you another story. 
Some years ago, a conference was talking with me. I've worked both with the denomination in different roles, and I've worked in supporting ministries. And a conference was talking with me. They said, Dr. DeRose, we'd like you to come and work for our conference in health ministries. And so we actually, I met with the, uh, the leadership of the conference, and we kind of worked out a, a plan. And they were going to pay me a ministerial wage, and I'd be working for this conference as, uh, in health evangelism. And so this proposal went to the conference committee. And the, one of the conference officers called me. He said, Dr. DeRose, we've got bad news. The conference committee rejected the proposal. We don't have a position for you. And uh, I don't know whether I asked why or he just told me. He said there were two reasons why they didn't vote this through. The first one is they said, you obviously must not be a very good physician if you're willing to work for a pastor's wage. <laughs> really? Really? I know we may say pathetic, but be careful. Because here at ASI, we're in danger of judging people based on their income. There's some people that have been in, in sacrificial ministry their whole life, and we don't think they're really, they really have much to offer, and they've given their whole life to the work. And if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be here, you know? I mean, it's sobering to think about. But that happens. But there was another telling argument. And you say, well, that argument, maybe just, they, but this is a telling argument. And the telling argument was, as a conference, we should not be putting our money into health. We need to be putting it into evangelism. Okay. Let me tell you about this book. I've got to tell you more about it. Some of you have been paging through it. I don't think any secular publisher would have published this book. And I don't even know if a denominational publisher would. Do any, would any of you like to guess what the longest chapter in this book is dealing, about, dealing with? It's actually the last major chapter in the book, and I'll tell you what it's called. It's actually a question. Exercising faith in God? Spiritual connections to high blood pressure. Now let me tell you what we did about that chapter. We were trying to write a book that spoke to the world. This is not a book specifically written for Seventh-day Adventists, okay? How do you engage secular minds with biblical principles? Okay, we've met their needs for 13 chapters in the book. Not much religion in it. And then we've got a chapter on spirituality and health. What we did, and I feel like the Lord was leading, and I was inspired just reading, I actually was reading this 14th chapter for my devotions this morning. No, I was, I was inspired. Now, some of you say, Dr. DeRose, what an ego you've got. You're reading your own book. Um, you know what? Let me just tell you something. Any of you that have accomplished anything in life, you realize that you don't get anything done without the Lord's blessing. And, and there's three of us that wrote this book together. And so I'm reading some of this stuff. This is amazing. And by the way, if you're wondering, you say, well, yeah, Dr. DeRose, you may have been a pastor, but you're not pastoring right now. You're you know, far divorced from the theological realm, there's probably a lot of doctrinal error. Well, actually, the fellow that edited that chapter is someone that you may know, Clifford Goldstein. Do you know Clifford Goldstein? He actually edited the whole book. So, uh, so Cliff went through that. And the people who've, who've read it, they've said, you know what, we think that chapter speaks to secular people. So we, we try to carry them along. And what we do is we say, I don't care what you think. 
about Jesus, everyone believes he was a great teacher. What was Jesus' greatest sermon? You could say healing. That was preaching by... But, but if, if you ask the, a person on the street, did Jesus teach? They'll say yes. Do you know anything he taught? Will they t- be able to tell you anything? Yeah, they'll say the Sermon on the Mount, and they may even say the Beatitudes. So what we did is we went through the Beatitudes. We divided them into eight. Some people have divided them to nine or ten. And we actually walked through the Beatitudes and show the medical science behind each of those Beatitudes. But in order to talk about the Beatitude, we say you have to understand this Beatitude in its cultural context. So what was the cultural context when Jesus was speaking? That's the Bible. That's the Judeo-Christian worldview. Where do you find that? You find it in the Bible. So what are we quoting? What are we talking about? We're talking about salvation. We're talking about the commandments. We're talking about sin. We're talking about Jesus being the creator. And we're, we're presenting it in a way. Now you say, how can you present Jesus as the creator in a way that appeals to a secular audience? Well, come by the booth. If you, you, know, we, you don't all have a chance to read through much of the book while you're here. But that's what we've done in the book. So the whole point is, you say, well, but it's a book. Even if you've got a book and we're doing a program in a church, that's not enough. Let me see if I brought all the right props today. Sometimes I really have it together. Other times I don't. And if I don't, that's supposed to encourage you. Sorry, I can't encourage you that way today. Okay. This uh, just came out within the last month. This is the newest DVD. It's part of the DVDs you use with this hypertension program. We call it Spirituality and Health or Spiritual Health depending on what side of it you're reading. Spirituality and health is on the back, talking about those connections. Spiritual health right here. What this does, let me tell you the interesting we did in chapter 14. In chapter 14, it's the longest chapter in the book. You know what? I usually don't do this. I think I even threw the slides here. Okay? Um, I'm going to read you something from that chapter, but before I do, some of you are saying, you told us how we would do this. Let me tell you, everything you need, all the resources are on our website, compasshealth.net. We have the resources right there. And we're going to pass something out in just a few moments that give you an overview of the program, okay? Why don't we do that right now? So uh, we'll tell you more about how to navigate on the website. But my ministry is called Compass Health, pointing you to better health. And why is it .net? Any of you know? That's right. Jesus wants us to be fishers of men, okay? So it's compasshealth.net, okay? Compasshealth.net. So giving you direction, okay? Let me me give you a taste of what's in here. I don't want to just give you an overview. We're going to come back to how to run the program. My daughter is going to pass out out the two-sided sheets, okay? So she's going to pass out a sheet that has a couple of things about the program. We got some free gifts coming up for you, too. And uh, I'm keeping track of the time. This session finishes at noon. Am I correct? I'm oriented. Okay. Let me just show you some of the material that's in here because some of it reinforces things you already know, but I think gives exciting data that really supports things you're already doing, helps to underscore things you're already doing, and some of the stuff you've never heard of. There's stuff in the book and in the DVD series that's going to be new to everyone because it was new even to us as we're writing the book. So nutrition, we talk about a number of things in the area of nutrition. 
We talk about increasing plant food consumption, controlling calories and decreasing salt intake. These are actual slides from the Reversing Hypertension DVD series. I'm just going to give you an example. We're not trying to walk through three hours of material in 30 minutes. But here's a question that we ask. Do typical diet practices make a difference? Now, let me tell you, when you're involved in any kind of ministry, is there a danger that we could, if God blesses us with success, become proud? Is there a danger of that? There is a danger. One day, someone came up to me. They had come to one of my programs some months ago or longer, and they said, Dr. DeRose, I went to one of your seminars, and it changed my whole life. And right then, I could have been tempted to be very proud, right? You know, what a great motivational speaker I am, and, you know, how the Lord's blessing my ministry. But the Lord protected me from that, because he immediately after said, but it had nothing to do with what you said. I mean, how, how would that work? How can someone come to a seminar and their life be changed? It had nothing to do with anything that I said. He said it was one slide that you showed. One slide changed a person's life. It just happens that that slide is in the 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control book. And you're never going to see it unless you buy the book. No, I'm, no I, I don't work like that. I got it right here next for you, okay? Here it is. This is data from the Adventist Health Study. This is actually looking at the Adventist population, nearly 90,000 people in that study, according to their dietary practices. And it's looking at whether they have two key diagnoses, diabetes and high blood pressure. And this looks like a set of steps. And as you step more and more away from animal products, your risk goes lower and lower of what? Of both diabetes and high blood pressure. The vegans have the lowest rates of high blood pressure and diabetes. Now, some of you who have training like I do in epidemiology, that's the science of disease and problems that come upon people groups, you would say, but Dr. DeRose, this is cross-sectional data. That means it's just looking at one point in time. Maybe all the vegans are also thinner, and that's why they have lower blood pressure. Well, those things are connected, actually. Maybe all the vegans are praying more, okay, because their minds are clearer. I mean, there could be all kinds of other explanations. But the point is, if you look at the Adventist population, there's this powerful correlation. And so this guy saw this slide, and what did he say? He said, I need to change my diet. Now, some of you are looking at it, and you're yawning. You say, He's going to try to twist my arm, too, like everyone else, Dr. DeRose. By the way, let me tell you something. Every one of the seminars that we do, they're designed to be educational seminars, not exercises in guilt production. Okay? We've got something like eight or ten different seminars. Some of you say, you're talking about a six- or eight-week program. We can't even get people to come for one day. We have things you can show in one hour. We have DVDs for a half-hour program in your church, okay? Everything's half-priced, so you don't have an excuse. Actually, someone was talking with me right here at the meetings. They said, what can we do in our church? I said, just get a few DVDs. You don't want to get mine? There's other ministries here. Do something on health. Show a half-hour DVD after a fellowship meal. But what if everybody left and only one family was there? 
By the way, did I tell you about that church where I started doing health ministry? Did I tell you how many people would come to my meetings? Often, I can remember giving a health talk, and there was one family there. No, really, one family. I prepared this health talk. There was one family from the church there. Do you know what happened after a while? I mean, we never had many people come from our community. One day, the pastor told me he was at the local hospital, and he met someone in administration at the hospital there, and they said, oh, you're with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You're the ones who do all the health programs in the community. Do you realize just doing things in your community is actually making a statement even if the people never walk through your doors? I'll tell you a true story. Some years ago, I was the health director in another church many miles from, uh, from Ohio. And uh, we were doing a health expo. And some woman came to that health expo. And you know what she said? She said, every time I drive by your church, I see there's health programs going on. How come no one else? I said, I finally have to come and see what's going on. And next thing I knew, she was talking to the pastor about Bible studies. But what had been the witness? The witness, yes, but she had never come. She never came to the Pathways event. She never came to the Health Expo. She didn't go to the vegetarian cooking class. She never came to the CHIP program or the depression. Do you understand? She never came to any of those. But the church was doing all kinds of things, and they were advertising them. And what was this woman seeing? She was seeing it, and the Lord was impressing her because the church was speaking to the community even though they never walk through the doors. So when you run that first health program and nobody shows up, you watch the DVD again yourself, okay? And the next week in church, tell everyone how blessed you were to see that program again, okay? Really, I'm just telling you. You think I'm making it up. I've been there. I've been in huge churches. I've been in tiny churches. And the Lord uses health ministry. Okay, why are plant foods so powerful? How many people know why they are so powerful? Okay, I see a number of answers, a number of you raising your hands. Some of you may have known this, but before I was doing the research back in 2012, looking into all the reasons that plants were so powerful, I was unaware of this. So I'm going to tell you one of the most amazing things I learned. There's a lot of things I knew about plants and their power to lower blood pressure, but I did not realize that plants impacted the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. How many of you are just startled to learn that? Yeah. Now, some of you know that obviously I never had training in public speaking as a physician because, uh, actually, I do have some training in public speaking before I was a physician. But um, you say you're supposed to never put a slide up like that. It's too confusing, Dr. DeRose. That's actually the whole point. There's this confusing, complicated hormonal system that actually raises blood pressure. And most people that have high blood pressure have this system activated. And many of the classes of drugs, dozens of drugs that we use to treat hypertension in America and in the world, impact this system. Some of them are called ACE inhibitors. I was giving a lecture in another state just a few days ago on high blood pressure. One of the people came up to me. They said, Dr. DeRose, I'm on lisinopril, 
They're asking me about that drug. That drug is what we call an ACE inhibitor, an ACE inhibitor. That's working on this system. This is just amazing. Let me tell you what's amazing about this. Now, this slide is in the DVD series, but it's not in the book. Okay, so I'm glad you took the picture. <laughs> Look at this. This, this just, this was startling to me. This is data published 2009. They have now in the phytochemistry research, found that someone with apparently infinite wisdom was interested in guarding the human population from hypertension. And he actually put into plant foods pharmacologic agents known as ACE inhibitors. Do any of you know who was responsible for this? That's right. Far ahead of the GMO movement, God himself was engineering in the laboratory of the creator's mind these foods like soybeans and mung beans, sunflowers, rice, corn, wheat, buckwheat, broccoli, mushrooms, garlic, spinach, peanuts, chickpeas, and potatoes. When you're eating those things, what are you eating? That's right. Among other things, you're eating in small amounts, precise amounts, amounts that actually can measurably lower your blood pressure, but will not dangerously lower it. So you don't have to say, oh no, Dr. DeRose, I ate the soy at breakfast, and I was planning to go to the luncheon, and they, I just learned they're going to have soy there at the luncheon. I don't want to get hypotensive. <laughs> no, nobody's blood pressure has ever gotten too low by eating too many plant foods. You see how that works? Isn't this remarkable? No, really. So as you're going through these things, and by the way, in that last chapter, when we are drawing the spiritual connections, we mention the biblical counsel. We mention the Genesis account and the benefits of the vegetarian diet. We say, you remember studying about that in chapter 5, okay? So all of this is there. Now, there's a whole lot more that we talk about in the book and in the DVD series. We also talk about salt and um, fairly recent study from the New England Journal of Medicine 2010 actually estimated that we could save over 200,000 years of life each year in America, saving billions of dollars if we as Americans would just cut our salt intake by half a teaspoon a day. Now, in the book, we have some caveats. Yes, there's some people who shouldn't decrease their salt, but by and large, as a population, if we were doing that, it would make a dramatic difference. There's a graphic showing some of the lives that would be saved by such practices. And in fact, they compare the benefits of cutting salt just a little bit, half a teaspoon a day, on a par with what? With curbing tobacco use addressing obesity, and lowering cholesterol as far as the impact on stroke and heart disease. Now let me tell you the best news of all, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about the program. Because what happens is, we know this from the sodium literature. This is data going back some 30 years, very exciting data. In this particular study that I'm going to show you from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, they had people dramatically cut their sodium intake. So here, at this point, they like their 
their soups this salty, which is about where the soups in the 80s were salted. So you basically like what you're eating. Okay? You like stuff about as salty as the American public is being served it by the food industry. But once they cut their salt intake, the next week, they wanted food that was a bit less salty. And the week after, and the subsequent weeks, their preference for salt decreased further and further until three months out. They liked food that was about half as salty as they used to like it. Are you seeing the connection? The first DVD that we use, you've all got a handout now, right, in your hands? Do you all have this? Look at the side that's entitled Six-Week High Blood Pressure Program in Your Church or Community Center. This gives you an overview of how to do it. It's got the uh, place on my website. I mean, it's not hard. You go to compasshealth.net slash hypertension, and it'll take you right to it. I'll show you another way to get there if you don't like typing all those letters into the uh, URL space. But it tells you what you use first. Actually, we recommend an introductory week where you use the Spirituality and Health DVD. Say, Spirituality and Health, the first week. Well, on this, this is about two hours of material here. The Spirituality and Health, or Spiritual Health presentation, is for the end of the program. You see at the very end, we recommend a church graduation where you show the featured presentation on this. But also on this presentation is a half-hour overview on high blood pressure treatment, and then a 10-minute presentation by me walking people through the six-week program. So the first week, you show 40 minutes on this DVD that's called bonus material. Okay? So you, if you got this DVD, you show that first. The next week, you look on there, you show a DVD that some of you have. Some of you have my DVD, Changing Bad Habits for Good. I see some of you nodding your heads. Who actually has that DVD? Okay, a few of you. So you can now run the whole program for $40, okay? Because you save yourself $10. That's normally a $20 DVD for $10, okay? So, but that DVD goes through this concept. And the concept is this. All of us can change our lifestyles and still enjoy our life. God has created us with the ability to develop new enjoyments. And that's what I go through in a way that appeals again to a secular audience. It's not a highly spiritual presentation that's going to scare your neighbors off the first day, okay? I'm not opening up the spirit of prophecy and telling about Ellen White's visions, okay? You understand? Okay, and there's a place for that. But it's not usually the first time someone comes into your church. At least not the way I, I, I handle my ministry, okay? So... I told you, the DVDs are inexpensive. This is the first resource in the six-week program. So this is the overview. Like I said, you show that 30-minute, the introductory week. Then you start the program. You show this DVD, Changing Bad Habits for Good. And then the second DVD you're using for the next three weeks, you see it on here, you'll go through each of the three one-hour presentations that are on reversing hypertension naturally. Now, let me show you how you can get these. If you've got to rush off, you've got a plane, and you've got to leave for the plane in 10 minutes. So I know some of you've got to leave. You can't go by our booth, which is 714. But some of you will be there. 714, yes. And some of you like numbers, and you realize that 7 doubled is what? 
14, that's right, 714, yes. And you all know that seven is what? A perfect number. Some of you are starting to say, Dr. DeRose, how did you pull those strings and get that prime booth? Okay, okay. Yes, yeah, someone, someone is attributing to powers outside myself, and that's always appropriate. If you go to my website, this is the home page, Compass Health Consulting, and uh, you know we're giving direction, just like the Portland headlight. That's where I pastored in, the, in northern New England. And uh, free materials. You click on that free materials, and you'll come the first thing that will open up to you right here. You see there it is, free materials, the very first thing. 30 days to natural blood pressure control, guidelines for hosting a seminar in your workplace or community. So you just go there. We have this graphic, but then we walk through it week by week, what you do. And we have you know, mundane things like introduce you know, the people. We recommend you have blood pressure screening each night. So there's a number of things there. It's not an elaborate program. You, know, you don't have to do 1,000 things each night. Um, it's pretty flexible. I'm a person who would rather give you some guidelines and let the Holy Spirit show you how to connect the dots rather than uh, you know, give you a script for everything you have to say. Some of you think that's a limitation. And if, you, if it is and you write a great script, send it to me. No, really. If you say, Dr. DeRose, we had to write scripts for every night because our people didn't know what to say to the community. Well, send them to me and then some other church won't have to do the same thing. Okay? So th- there it is right there. 30 days to natural blood pressure control. Okay, so if you walk through it, you'll see that uh, there's that handout that you have right now. You'll see that show up right on the website. It's got this material that is in your hands. If you lose it, it's right there telling you how to walk through things. So let's talk now about this spiritual health presentation because I started to tell you this. I promised you I was going to read you something, and then I said I better give you some overview before we we get too far along. We're going to tell you about three things, and I'm going to give you a free booklet within about five minutes. Okay, so if you've got to rush off, tell someone who you were sitting next to to pick up one for you. But otherwise, don't take, anyone for, don't take uh, extras home. They're just for you who are here. Okay? So um, I didn't tell you about this other resource we call Listening to the Buffalo. This is uh, designed to help the group socially connect. We look at the example of Native Americans and healthy lifestyle habits. And they, did, they followed many habits historically that helped them lower their blood pressure. And that's another part of the, uh, of the program as you walk through the list. I'm not going to go through uh, this other material. You're going to find some of the best material on avoiding alcohol in some of the DVDs we have, including one on brain health. We talked there about uh, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. We have a DVD of two one-hour presentations on uh, brain health, and it tells you the most compelling reason that many Seventh-day Adventists don't realize uh, why they shouldn't be using alcohol. Unfortunately, many of our brothers and sisters think they're a little bit smarter than the rest of us, and they're drinking for their health. We've got stuff on supplements in the DVDs, but uh, you can read about that in the book, or you can listen to it in the DVDs. Let me just show you. This is actually, it's on Kindle right now. So if some of you don't want to spend $10 for the book, we actually have it for $5 on Kindle right now. Yeah. No, really. Every, no, we're just, listen, we're trying to get that out right away. It's gonna, the price is going to go up everywhere, but we're just trying to get out. So this is a, a screenshot of the Kindle book, and um, you can see what the, the, the graphics look like. That's a graphic showing you that L-arginine, a natural supplement, how it can lower blood pressure. That's one of the supplements we talk about. There's a, a blow-up of that particular graphic, and, of course, that's also in the book. Uh, you may notice the book's in black and white, but the... Um, 
The Kindle edition is in color. Okay? So you go to free materials, and uh, you go to 30 days to natural blood pressure control. You've got all this, all the instructions how to do it. It's booth 714 and the Compass Health website, um, places to get these resources. My daughter's going to pass out some booklets to you because we've got one other resource for you that I want to tell you about. After you do the series and you engage them with the spiritual health topic, I told you I'd read from the book, but uh, some of you already feel like you've heard enough about the book. But the very beginning of the spirituality and health chapter, we tell people if they don't want to go through the chapter, I'll read a little bit. I know you're forcing my hand. If you're inclined to simply skim through the material, then commit about 60 minutes to it. Have a pencil as you quickly read through the high points of the chapter, paying special attention to headings, tables, and graphs. So we're giving people permission. They don't have to read the whole chapter on spirituality and health. We say just spend how much time with it? 60 minutes. Well, it just so happens that the DVD on spiritual health is guess how long it is? It's 60 minutes. So even if they don't want to read the chapter, you show that in your church, in your community center, wherever, and that's going to walk them through the high points of that presentation. Dr. Greg Steinke, who's one of the co-authors with me, actually, he and I are interacting in this DVD, and we're going through the principles and the Beatitudes, and we're connecting it with the Bible. You know what's going to happen when you share biblical truth with people? Some people are going to want more, right? Other people will be happy that's all they got. No, really, and that's okay for now. We have a follow-up series that I want to tell you about, and that's why we're giving you the little booklets. Those little booklets you can buy in quantity. That was a project we did jointly with uh, John Bradshaw, and it is written. Some of you may have seen some of the programs we did on this Healing Insights from the Gospel of Mark theme. Let me tell you why we developed this series a while back. We found that many churches were doing health seminars and then they were having trouble getting community people back to their church to engage on more spiritual topics. What we actually developed, with God's blessing, is a series that goes through health principles as they arise in Mark's gospel. We actually go through the entire gospel of Mark. The entire 16 chapters, it's designed as an eight-week series. By the way, we're here in Arizona. This was originally filmed, this is another edition, but it was originally filmed by Good News TV right here in the Phoenix area when we first, uh, first edition of this. This is kind of the revised second edition. But um, we go through 30-minute presentations, eight of them, so you can do an eight-week series in your church, invite people back after a cooking school or depression recovery program or CHIP, or a hypertension series, and you can walk through the whole Gospel of Mark, especially looking at health insights. Does it work? Would secular people come to a program like this? I've done this in a couple of venues in churches, and people from the community who've come to health programs, some of them will come to this health program, and they'll go through the Gospel of Mark with you. What you do, one program a week, for eight weeks, a 30-minute DVD, then a 30-minute discussion. While Angela's being generous, we had originally planned to give one per person, but my daughter is so good-natured. That's good. You're doing good. You are doing good. You're doing better. I said you're doing better than I would have done. So it's a blessing to have children that are in tune with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Yes, it really is. This makes any parent happy. And uh, so what you're getting is, uh, 
and what the purpose of these two booklets is. If you're going to run a series on the Gospel of Mark, you can get these inexpensive booklets and you can share them at the, last, at the graduation. And you can say, if you want more material like this, we're doing a series starting it next week, once a week. Do you see how that works? You can offer it to someone in your workplace. And if they say, that was really interesting. Stress? I didn't realize the Bible. I, I was interested in that study from Harvard in that little booklet your neighbor tells you. Well, we're actually doing a whole series on it. Now, some of you, after showing several hours of DVDs from Dr. DeRose, you'll be happy to show something else in your church. But let me tell you a dynamic, and you may not realize this. Most of you probably do. But people are going to tend to bond with you as individuals, and they do. If they came eight weeks to a hypertension series or six weeks, they must have been able to at least put up with me because I'm going to show up in all the DVDs. And so you invite them back, if you want, to the Gospel of Mark series. And you go through that. They bonded with you, so you get 30 minutes to lead a discussion with them. And they bonded with me during the hypertension series, so they'll get to see, hear a little bit more from me too, but less from me and more from you. You see how it works? Okay, we got to wind up. We have time for a few questions, I think. We can sneak them in to the final two minutes, I think. Any burning questions? Right here. Okay, question about salt. What is the question? Okay, should we use any salt at all? The answer is an unequivocal yes. One of the amazing insights that Ellen White was given is she was told, under inspiration, not to do away with salt entirely. And she said, the whys and the wherefores of this I know not. So the Holy Spirit didn't reveal why. We now know today that if you're on, you get too deficient in sodium, you will actually get hyponatremic dangerously low sodium levels, and you can die from it. Okay, it's commonly worsened by drinking too much water. And by the way, since I brought that up, if you're not on medications, you have good kidneys and a good heart, uh, it would take you about four or five gallons a day to get uh, what we call dilutional hyponatremia. So don't anyone say, oh no, doctor said I could die from drinking too much water. I think I had, was it eight glasses or nine? No, no, as a big margin of safety, okay? Our time, actually, I thought we could sneak in two questions. we still got one minute. Okay, go, let's go for it. What am I defining hypertension as? Boy, that takes up a better part of a chapter in the book. Um, I will tell you what the answer is in the book because it's my answer, okay, and it's all our answers. A goal blood pressure, a goal blood pressure. If you could choose what blood pressure to have, you'd want to get your systolic below 110, that's with the lowest risk of complications, and you want your diastolic below 75. If you're taking medications, you do not want to take medications to get your blood pressure that low. You probably don't want to take medications in normal situations to get it much below 130 over 80 because the additional benefits of lowering it more with medicine are outweighed by the greater side effects of increasing the drugs, okay? So the answer is actually different without medications and with, we talk about it in detail in the book, but great question. We have to be finished because our time is up, but I'm not going to just vanish. My wife is down at the booth, 714. We've got plenty of order sheets. You can order as many books as you want. We won't run out because they're not here, okay? We're shipping them. Okay, but we may run out of DVDs. So, you know, so pay, I think we brought enough, but, but.
But 714, let's have a closing prayer. And then if you have individual questions, I'm going to stick around, okay? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the privilege of being able to sit at the feet of the great physician. That's not any of us, that's you. And we haven't been able to talk in great detail about all the amazing things that you have put in natural remedies to control our blood pressure. But we've touched on the subject, and as we've just touched on it, even me up here presenting things that I already knew, I'm inspired that you're a God who loves us and cares about us. And Father, the crazy thing is that sometimes we're kicking and screaming when you're trying to bless us. It's like we're trying to run away from the blessing. Father, please help us individually and help us in a winsome and loving way encourage people with the blessings you've revealed, not just in your word, but in medical science. Help us go back home determined to be more deliberate in sharing the health message in a careful, gracious way so that instead of dividing our churches, we build up our churches. That's why the gifts were given and we empower our churches to better reach our communities. May as a result of just what we did today, may there be souls in your kingdom. We believe that you can do that. You can multiply the time that we've spent today. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.